You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. The Awesome Podcast Network presents The Republic City Report, a Legend of Korra podcast. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. Put your hands together for your host, Republic City correspondent, Tim Bridgewater Bender. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Republic City Report, a Legend of Coral podcast. I am your host, Tim Bridgewater Bender. And of course, this episode will cover episode nine of the TV show, which is titled The Guide. I want to first start off by saying is, of course, last week there was not a new episode of the show. Uh, I'm not sure of a, if a rerun or something like that was aired, uh, but there was not a new episode of The Legend of Korra last week. So, of course, there was not a new episode of this podcast last week, but we have returned this week. So, so have I. Um, I want to take this moment to remind everyone that this is sort of a fan feedback, sort of a podcast, uh, which means I very much invite you and welcome your emails and your thoughts uh, and your comments and suggestions. Uh, you can send me an email at republiccityreport at gmail.com as well as leave me a comment over at facebook.com slash republiccityreport. Uh, what I normally do is several times throughout the episodes, I will pose questions, thoughts, theories, etc. And I would invite you to uh, send me any questions you may have as well as answering any questions I may have um, or anything like that. That being said, I actually don't have any new emails uh, this week. So uh, that's something that we just won't do this episode. But please remember, uh, listen to this episode. And if there's anything you want to say about it, feel free to send me an email. Um, of course, we are coming off of the very epic uh, two part um, double episode, uh, double episodes of the week before last uh, beginnings part one and beginnings part two, which basically told the story of the very first Avatar one. Uh, I did go into depth on those. I did an, a podcast episode for each episode of that series, uh, that section of the series. So go back and listen to those. Um, in in hindsight, I feel like uh, I was a little more hard on those episodes than maybe I should have been. Uh, I definitely liked them, but I was confused about a lot of things. And I think the confusion, um, you know, coupled with the fact that at the time I, re- I actually recorded both of those episodes the same night that I recorded my other podcast that I do called Geekly Dose, which is also available on iTunes. S- and that was after a very long day of work. Um, so I think I was a little bit frust- a little bit more frustrated with those episodes than I probably should have been. Um, go back and listen to those and let me know what you think. But in hindsight, th- those two episodes were fantastic. I mean, they, they were. And it was definitely two of the better episodes of this entire season now you know i've been kind of looking around on message boards and facebook and everything and just getting people's opinions on those two episodes and a lot of people are saying that you know it was better than the last airbender and i definitely don't agree with that i mean feel free to send me your thoughts on what you I, matter of fact i would love to know what your thoughts were on those two episodes uh as far as the animation style and where and whether or not it serves the story well, how it 
where it stands in terms of your favorite or least favorite or anything in, in, in both of the series. Um, you know, I, nothing at this point can really top the last airbender to me. I mean, the legend of Korra hasn't really done anything on that level that I would say, I mean, th- those two episodes about Juan may have been the closest thing, but I, you know, I'm not sure about that because season one actually has some pretty epic episodes as well. I mean, that, that final episode was pretty amazing of season one. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things to where like you fall in love with something and you don't want anything to be better than it. So maybe it's just that with me. I don't, I don't, (laughs) but anyway, so back to this current episode, once again, titled the guide, uh, after a little week break, we come back and we're reintroduced to everything and immediately we're brought back up to speed with Tenzin and his family because we hadn't, we basically hadn't seen Tenzin for three episodes, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, we got an entire episode that consisted of Mako and Bolin and Asami and a little bit of Korra. Uh, and then we got the two episodes about Wan. So finally, we get back to Tenzin. I was wondering when we were going to get Tenzin back because, I mean, let's face it, right? We have to find a way to get him back involved into this main storyline with Korra. And if you listen to the previous episodes of this podcast, you know, I was basically kind of giving my thoughts and predictions on when and how I thought that that was going to happen. And, you know, I I predicted that she would come out of this memory loss thing with a renewed sense of her purpose. You know, she's almost a a different person in some ways. Um, She's more patient. She realizes that Tenzin only had her best interests at heart. And of course, she shows up at the air temple to reunite with them which we get this beautiful moment and i smiled when it happened she showed up the kids ran over to her and we get some dialogue there between her and tenzin and the family so you know more or less we find cora um she there's a really funny moment in there where she explains everything that happened during those past two episodes and and even before that uh basically the entire season is kind of recapped in a matter of like 15 seconds from cora herself in a very funny moment, which I can't help but wonder if they were also trying to remind the audience of what was going on. Because, you know, like I said in previous episodes, there's just a lot of details. There's a lot of it, the plot has gotten pretty convoluted at times because if you throw so many different things at us in terms of spirits in the spirit world and all of this and the first avatar and then we've got Unalak and then we've got his kids and you know it's it's kind of a lot to 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 take in in a short amount of time and that's and that's kind of been one of my issues with this season so far is that the pacing has been weird they've been going from slow to fast and you know and it's just I, I don't know it's kind of hard to keep up with things so I can't help but wonder if they were actually just trying to remind the audience a little bit too in that moment of what was going on uh, basically through Korra catching Tenzin up on what was going on and of course we get a funny moment there because he just he just makes a comment and then they just cut to another scene which was some pretty crafty editing there so uh, you know at this point Korra basically has decided and, and figured out that she needs to go to the spirit world to basically um, close the portals um, you know and and, and it, they're, of course, they're going to cut. They're cutting back and forth between her and Unalak, and Unalak is basically already in the spirit world. Oh, he—he's about to go into the spirit world. I'm sorry, he's at the portal. 
uh, with his twins and they go in there. And at this point, you know, our suspicions are pretty much confirmed, um, you know, because they were basically hinting toward that, that Unalak is, in fact, trying to free Vatu, the spirit of chaos from this uh, his imprisonment. And, you know, I, I, and I apologize. I, I listened back to. I was just saying earlier how I recorded those last two episodes. It was very late at night and I was very tired. And I listened back to those episodes and in, and I, I said the wrong name a lot in there. There were a lot there. Were, there were a lot of times during those episodes where I meant to say Vatu, but I said Rava. I mean, hopefully you guys understood that. <laughs> hopefully, you know that I meant Vatu. If I was talking about, you know, a spirit doing something negative, I meant to say Vatu. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you get all of these different names thrown at you in a short amount of time and then you mis- you make mistakes. So I apologize for that. Hopefully I didn't throw anyone, you know, too far off when I did that. So, yeah. So we basically find that Un- Unlock is, in fact, trying to unleash uh, Vatu and, you know, back into the world, along with this arrival of harmonic convergence and core realizes that, you know, there's only a limited amount of time before harmonic convergence occurs again. And she needs to make sure he does not open up that other portal, Uh, which another question that I posed in a previous episode was that I didn't exactly understand that that was the northern and the southern portals. Uh, If you you recall in the beginnings, part two, there's the moment where Juan is, you know, basically challenging Vatu to battle and Vatu comes out of one portal. They come through another. And at that time, I didn't realize that that was a northern and the southern portals. I mean, I thought that it was. But to me, it didn't make sense because I, I was confused at how the northern and the southern portals would be that close to one another. But I guess in the spirit world, they are. Uh, of course, in the real world, one's in the North Pole, one's in the South Pole. They couldn't be any further away from each other. So, I mean, it made sense that that's what it would be. But of course, but at the same time, it kind of it's a little hard to understand because I guess in the spirit world, they're just closer because it's the spirit world and they can kind of make up whatever rules they want for that. So, yeah. So we have Unalak trying to do that. And through you know a series of events, we basically have Desna and Eska trying to. I mean, I don't really understand why they. Did they really think that that water bending was going to help that? I mean, I don't don't know. I mean, I guess they figured, hey, you know, we have to try what we can. But I guess I I don't know. It was just funny to me. I'm 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 watching the episode. I'm like, are they just really going to sit here and just throw water at this portal and expect it to open? I mean, this portal is like energy, spirits, you know, and things like that. You know, I, I don't know. I guess they just didn't know what else to do. But, you know, it made for some cool it was cool to watch, right? It was cool to watch as Unalak makes this sort of a intertwining, spinning water wave go toward it. I mean, that was nice. Uh, Desna is actually uh, injured during that. And then we, you know, if there was any doubt in our minds that Unalak is a, at least, you know, a bad guy to an extent, that pretty much cleared that up because he didn't care that his son was injured. And Eska, you know, basically went to his rescue, which, you know, I'm not going to say that this is going to happen. You can tell me what you think about it. But usually when TV shows or movies do those kinds of things, it usually means that someone is going to betray someone else later on. Right. 
you know, maybe that won't happen, but don't be completely surprised if there's a moment in one of the next episodes where Eska realizes how how her father's plans are have gotten out of control and she actually starts tries to challenge him herself, you know, especially in moments like that to where he's not showing any sort of compassion of the fact that his son just got injured. So don't be surprised if Eska some at some point, you know, is the one to at the last second, you know, basically help put a stop to Unalak's plans. I mean, once again, this has just come from years and years of watching movies and television shows and cartoons. And I can kind of pick up on some of these things, you know, as as they start to develop. Now, going back to Cora and, and everyone there, you know. Cora is basically at this point trying to figure out how she is she going to get into the spirit world at this point, um, which, you know, we have to remind ourselves here that Cora is nowhere near uh, as in touch with their spiritual world as Aang was. Uh, you know, Aang was going to the spirit world, you know, constantly during the last airbender. But he was he was a monk. He was basically trained for that. He was he meditated a lot. He was a very spiritual character. Core uh, isn't necessarily like that. So it's going to be a little harder for her to find that connection and get in there. So she goes to Tenzin, which everyone. I, this is this is one thing I didn't really understand. There's a moment to where. Tenzin tells Korra that she that he has never been to the spirit world and everyone's shocked and then it goes to commercial right and I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself that why is that so shocking I mean I, I thought that the spirit world was something that you know only someone who was either a the avatar or be someone who was who was really reached a, a really high level of spiritual uh you know achievement could enter the spirit world so i i don't know i'd never assumed that tenzin was able to do it anyway so i don't understand why that was such a big moment in the show to find out that he couldn't uh i mean i i don't know i guess i guess we were just supposed to assume this entire time that he was able to do that i, I don't know but you know it makes for some interesting dynamics because throughout this episode you know, Tenzin has been feeling pretty inadequate because he has such this such a difficult time figuring out a way to accompany Korra to the spirit world. And then, of course, we find out that Janora, his daughter, is actually the one right now. They've kind of been hinting at this with Janora for episodes, you know, her disappearing her, you know, Tenzin finding her and her being on her own. And this episode, she's seeing the spirits when no one else can see it. So, you know, if you pay close attention, you could tell that that was going to build up to something. And that's ba- this is basically what has been leading is that we're finding out that Janora has this really strong connection to the spirit world that Tenzin just doesn't seem to have. So, you know, as a result of that, and a lot of complaining and inadequacy, feelings of inadequacy by Tenzin. You know, we find out that Janora is the one and she's the one who's going to have to accompany Korra to the spirit world. Due to some very astute observations by her aunt Kaya, which once again, we get to see Kaya and Boomy again this episode, too. Uh, my, my only real complaint about them is that I just don't understand why they're there. I mean, I I don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome that they're there because it's, you know, once again, 
As a huge fan of Last Airbender, I want to see Aang and Aang's families and things that are connected to Aang, and it's just cool to feel, you know, that he still exists in some form. Uh, but the only thing about that is that they're not, you know, there's no story arc for Kaio Bumi. They're just kind of there. So I'm just hoping that they somehow they play a part into this battle to come, you know. And I still, a part of me still has this kind of a theory that this season will not end with some sort of a finite conclusion, you know, like I, because it just doesn't seem like there's enough time. I mean, this was the ninth episode. I believe we only have three left. And to me, there just seems to be a lot of stuff that still needs to be addressed and wrapped up before the season ends. And I just don't feel like, you know, they're going to be able to do that. Man, I could be wrong. I mean, they could just jump ahead and jump straight to the end and everything like that. But, I, you know, I hope that somehow Kaya and Boomy play a bigger role in this thing. Otherwise, why are they there other than just to, you know, create? I mean, it's kind of it's still kind of hard to see what the ultimate point of this is. You know, we're supposed to believe, you know, that somehow Tenzin Ring reuniting with his siblings is somehow going to make him better. You know, it's going to make him a better teacher, have a better understanding of things. But we're not really seeing that yet. You know, all we're seeing is Tenzin's kind of running around, you know, upset a lot. Um, but I don't know. May- maybe at some point he'll have to journey into the spirit world to rescue Korra and, and, and Janora. You know, you never know. Uh, now, with that being said, uh, Vatu, of course, is aware of Korra's arrival into the spirit world at this point. Uh, Unalak was on the impression that she was dead, you know, because Desna and Eska attacked her. And, you know, they basically saw that dark spirit come out of the water and take her. So they were they just assumed that she was dead. So now he knows that she's alive. So this should be pretty interesting when they go to the spirit world, approach Unalak. You know, once again, so many theories going around that at some point Unalak may join with Rava and form some type of a dark avatar. And as cool as that would be, I just don't know. According to what we've seen before, it just doesn't seem like it's possible, right? I mean, of course, yes, we saw Juan join with Rava. I, I may see. I think I made a mistake again. I think a second ago I said Rava when I meant to say Vatu. Um, Unalak. There's theories that Unalak may join with Vatu. You know, in the same manner that Juan joined with Rava and formed the very first Avatar. But here's my only, um, you know, disagreement with that. And please send me an email at republiccityreport at gmail.com if you agree or disagree with this. And I will read that on the next episode and send with your name and your location. Is that whenever Rava joined with Juan she was a lot weaker you know like she was a tiny spirit by that point and i i can't help but think that that somehow allowed her to be able to join with him versus her being her original size and then joining with him i just don't think that could have happened i mean because one one thing that she said many times was that if i join with you for too long i'll kill you and this is when she was small you know, so imagine if she was at full power, you know, what that could have done. 
Now, you know, I could be wrong and maybe the writers were just not acknowledged that and they'll just say forget it. But that's just kind of something that I picked up on and that's my own personal opinion as to why I don't necessarily think that Unox going to join with Rava. But I mean, who knows? He could maybe because obviously there's something special about Unalot too, because he's, you know, uh, transforming evil spirits and, and sending them back to, to peace and you know, these are things that we hadn't really seen anyone else do before. So he's clearly on some sort of a different level anyway. So maybe that will allow him to be able to join with this huge dark force. Uh, you know, I guess we'll find out really soon. Now, uh, also in this episode, I can't forget to mention that we do get to see Bolin and Mako and Asami again. Now, of course, Bolin is still doing his acting thing, which I just really wish they would find somewhere to take that. Because right now it just seems like filler or extra stuff. I mean, I get why it's there. You know, obviously this is supposed to be, you know, in our time, this would sort of be like the 1920s or the 30s. Right. You know, if we were to look at it like that and there was a lot of propaganda and all that kinds of stuff. And of course, Varric is sort of a warmongerer. You know, we're kind of finding out some things about him through Mako, of which we still don't know for sure is true. Because in the end, Varric could still be a good guy. But, you know, he's just kind of sleazy, you know, so we do. But of course he did. We do have reason to believe that he set up Mako. So, of course, you know, Mako comes up with his theories. Uh, Varric catches wind of it. And then they take him later on to see Varric, where Varric basically threatens him, you know, in, in, in sort of a subtle sort of way, but an obvious way. He threatens him indirectly, you know, threatens to hurt Mako or Asami and everything like that. And, and, and Mako just, I'm sorry, Bolin or Asami. And Mako just kind of, uh, you know, shrugs it off and then later on when he's at his apartment we find out a that asami and mako are back together which is just completely wrong right i mean come on you guys with me on that or what right <laughs> bolin said it himself cora's only been going for a week and he's already reconnected with his ex-girlfriend okay mako's a cool character but he's obviously not a good guy to date right i mean for one thing, he kissed Korra while he was dating Asami, and now he's only been broken up with Korra for one week, and he's gotten back with his ex. Okay, he's a little unstable in the relationship department, but that's besides the point. Uh, they're at the apartment. Chief Beifong and her and those two silly <laughs> buddy cops show up. Uh, you know, with you know, basically saying they got some words from Triple Threat about the thing that went down with. Um, I forgot the name of the guy, Sleazy, um, I forgot his name, Shady, Shady Shin. <laughs> the things that went shady down with Shady Shin and Triple Threats. So Mako kind of admits to what happened, but, you know, they kind of, he kind of, you know, willingly submits to having his apartment searched. And of course they find explosives and things like that. And, you know, we're, we're being led to believe here that Varric is setting him up because he did not agreed to join Varric's security force. You know, Varric threatened him and he didn't do it. So now he's he's being set up and taken to jail. Okay. Now, another thing about this whole this whole aspect with Varric is that, uh, you, you know, let, let's let's get to the point with that a little bit faster. You know, let's see what his involvement in this 
and, and this this is what I'm saying is that there's only three episodes left, and I just feel like there's so many things that they're gonna have to tie up, in in the you know in a, a span of three episodes, and I just don't think that that's enough time. But you know who knows, maybe they'll make one of those episodes an hour long or or, or something like that. All I do know is that. You know, I, I just really here's another question for this episode. And you guys remember, send me an email at republiccityreport at gmail.com. What would you like to see in these remaining three episodes? Uh, I know what I would like to see a lot of action. I just I, I feel like I feel like we haven't gotten much action this season. Uh, you know, we get a little bit here and there, but when's the last time we really had an epic fight? Now, don't get me wrong, I, I know that we'll get one between Korra and Unalak at some point. But I really want to see everyone come together. Tenzin, Bolin, Mako, Asami, Chief Beifong, Janora, Varric, Bumi, Kaya. I want to see everyone somehow get involved in this big battle. Korra's parents. You know, I want to see something that will rival some of the war episodes of The Last Airbender here. We want to see something that's epic. You know, one of the things I loved about that show was those episodes when they were, you know, like, what was the the uh, the Black Sun episodes, right? Where, where they were like, they were preparing for that one day where there would be an eclipse that would block out the sun, and then the firebenders lost their ability to bend fire, and then they went into the attack. Now, of course, things didn't play out exactly like that, but that's kind of I kind of want to see something like that, where it's a big ensemble sort of thing to where they all have to come together and figure out something instead of it just being core versus Unalak, right? Because if not, then why, why are we seeing all these other characters do all these things? You know, we need to see them come in together and somehow play a bigger role in this, you know, and for that matter, let's get some action out of Chief Bayfong. I mean, a lot of the coolers fight scenes in season one involved Chief Bayfall and her metal bending, you know? I mean, that was awesome. We're, we've not seen much of that at all this, this season, you know? And I don't mean to make it sound like this season sucks because it doesn't, but it's definitely not as good as the first one. I mean, I, you know, I think most people would agree with that. If you disagree with that, please, once again, republiccityreport at gmail.com and just tell me why you disagree. Uh, and we can talk about it and we, we can discuss it. Uh, you know, I've stated my reasons on basically every episode of this podcast so far. And, you know, the short version of that is it's just they dive. They dove really deep into a lot of this uh, this uh, police uh, scandal sort of uh, corporate sort of thing. And, and you know, and, and that's cool and all. But the one the thing that people love the most about this show in the last airbender is the fantasy imaginative aspect of it right and they really got back to that with the, the two episodes about Juan, and that's part of reasons why the one those two episodes were so successful and so well received so you know let's let's see more of that let's let's get this battle going let's see more of chief Beifong because she's just one of my favorite characters uh, so i would love to see that coming up in the next couple episodes now, you know, from this point on, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens as they journey into the spirit world and, and how uh, Mako's and, and Asami's involvement, you know, sort of ties back into that. And hopefully as a result, maybe Bolin will find out that Mako's in jail and we'll get him out of this whole acting thing and get him back into the middle of the action. <laughs> that would be great. 
right? So uh, I think that about does it for this episode of Republic City Report. Please remember um, the questions that I asked. Send your emails over to republiccityreport at gmail.com. You can also head over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash republiccityreport. I post things on there every now and then. It's a very small community. I know that uh, it's very hard for people to find these kinds of things nowadays because there are just so many pages and so many fan pages and so many podcasts. But if you're one of the people who actually listens to this one, please, please, by all means, tell your friends about it. Share it on your Facebook pages. Um, send out emails. Leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, I don't make any money for doing this and I don't want any money for doing this. But, you know, there are expenses and things that come along with doing something like this, obviously. So if you could also go to awesomepods.com, first of all, you can see all of our other podcasts that we have, which I think is about five or six now. We talk about 80s movies. We talk about hero clicks. We talk about just geek stuff in general. That's my other podcast, Geekly Dose with Stephen Ocentelli. We actually just put up a brand new episode of that about two weeks ago. Uh, there's all sorts of things over there at the awesome podcast network. So awesomepods.com. If you happen to do any, uh, any, any shopping on Amazon, there's a link on the, on that page so that if you do your shopping through that link, uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it will actually help us out, you know, so that we can be in a better position to keep providing these free podcasts to you guys. So, I very much would appreciate that, as well as, like I said, a review on iTunes would go a long way in helping me get more listeners and we can really build something here. And I would love to continue this podcast with every season of the show that comes from this point on. So once again, thank you guys for listening this week. Of course, I will be back next weekend with a brand new episode addressing episode 10 of The Legend of Korra. So until then, for Republic City Report, I'm Tim Bridgewater Bender, and I'll see you guys next time. Looking to expand your Avatar The Last Airbender collection? Or how about picking up book one of Legend of Korra on Blu-ray? There are plenty of DVDs, apparel, merchandise, and basically anything else you can dream of over at Amazon. Go to awesomepods.com and click on the Amazon link when you shop on Amazon. Find this show and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Pods.